Hi, this is Daniel Crowder, and you're listening to 21 Things here on Anchor.fm. Crowder, and this is 21 Things. You might be asking where I've been for the last month and a half, and uh, to all two of you who listened to season one in its first rendition, uh, I'm back. I told you I was going to take some time off. I was going to write this season. I didn't write this season. I was going to play with the format. I did play with the format. And this new format is meant to give you a break from politics. We're going to talk about movies. And we're going to talk about television shows. We're going to make this really easy for you to digest and relax too. You know, a lot of people, they don't want politics uh, while they're trying to relax. They don't want current events to bog down their enjoyment. And I understand that. And that's what this show is going to be about for now on. You... My loyal listeners do not need to worry about me pushing an agenda, me pushing uh, how you should feel, how you should think, how you should act. Don't worry about that. I'm here to entertain you, not inform you, you see. And, you know, we're going to go so pop culture so nothingness, no real message behind it to start this season off, just to prove a point. You see, in season two, we're going to start off with a really, it's a classic movie. It's a classic. It's called It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart. You know that old black and white film that you go and around Christmas time, you watch with your family. It's about three hours long with commercials, but, you know, it's just such a great nothing movie, right? You don't need to think about what's going on at all times. It it holds your hand and walks you through. It's an old-timey movie. How deep can it really be? I think it's time I cut the bullshit. You see, I've heard over the last few weeks and months that people don't want politics in their private lives. They want to relax. They want to they don't want to worry about that kind of stuff, but they'll worry about other things. They'll worry about what their football team is doing. They'll worry about Vanessa fucking James on whatever show they're watching. They'll worry about mundane things that don't fucking apply to them. That don't affect them in any way, shape, or form. But the moment you tell them that net neutrality is a humongous issue that you should care about every single day, you know what they say? I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to be bothered by that. I don't want politics in my personal life. I'm trying to relax. I'm trying to unwind you've become complacent who are you loyal to 
that's the question that this season is all are based around and it's it's a focus who are you loyal to are you loyal to yourself are you loyal to your friends to your family to your society like George Bailey are you loyal to a government to your job to your girlfriend to your wife are you loyal to these people what does that mean you know, I have a lot of people tell me that loyalty is undying trust. And sure, maybe loyalty is trust, but in all situations, I don't know if that applies. So, let's dive right in. You see, George Bailey is the focus of our first episode for many reasons. George Bailey lives a life of sacrifice that is unparalleled in other forms of media. And you think I'm wrong? Well, let's look at the facts. George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, George Bailey risks death saving his brother from drowning in a freezing pond in the winter when he's a kid. As a result, George goes deaf in one ear. Then, a couple years later, goes against his boss, Mr. Gower, and saves the life of a sick kid that would have been accidentally poisoned by Gower. Why was he going to be poisoned? Because Gower's son passed away in the weeks or days leading up to this event. And he doesn't pay attention to what he's doing and almost kills a young child. When he finds out George didn't deliver the prescription to the family and risk, he thinks, risk killing that child, he beats George. He smacks him upside the head. He screams at him and only to realize once George tells him, Mr. Gower, I thought it might have been poison and I didn't want that to happen because I know you didn't mean that. George Bailey did the right thing in that moment and got punished for it only then to be rewarded but still risked punishment because he was doing the right thing. He surrenders his travels, his trip around the world to take over the buildings and loans and avoid his father's work to be destroyed by Mr. Fucking Potter. Mr. Potter, the antagonist of the whole movie, we'll get to that shortly, but he gives away his honeymoon and his own personal wealth to help others when there's a run on the bank. When people are afraid that they won't have any money to get through the day, let alone the week, let, ago, let alone the month. You see, at the very end, when the Billings and Loans loses a payment because Uncle Billy, that drunk fuck, I hate Uncle Billy, you'll find that out shortly. Uncle Billy loses $8,000, which is $100,000 in, in 2017 money. Uh, $8,000. He loses it. Mr. Potter has it. And he, he's... He's holding off because he wants to get rid of the buildings and loans. You know what? George goes to goes to Potter and says, "You know, I, I take my life insurance policy from me and, and and use that as collateral. Just please do not close on the building loan. Please do not take over this town. Please do not kick these people out of their homes." And Potter tells him he's better off. He's he's worth more dead than alive. So George Bailey goes and tries to kill himself. The man would rather kill himself than have these people. These good people be punished by this evil person. He doesn't do anything to the person. He doesn't do anything to Potter, who is the villain, who's the antagonist. He'd rather kill himself. You see, we watch a lot of movies and we, we listen to stories and we read books of, of these people that when they get wronged in this way, they lash out and they try to get revenge on the person. George Bailey's instinct is, I have to sacrifice myself. To save these people. George Bailey in that moment is exemplifying loyalty to a society. His mindset is, if I die but the society continues, if the people around me 
their lives are able to continue, I will have done more good than I would alive in that moment. Now, the catalyst of this whole thing is Clarence, the angel, or angel, archangel. He's trying to be an angel. He doesn't have wings yet. He's told to save George Bailey's life. So he jumps into the river, forcing George to save him. Because again, George, loyalty to society, will save anyone at the cost of his own life. He risks his own life to go save Clarence, get him out of the damn water, drives him off, and Clarence tells him, hey, you know what? I'm going to show you what the fuck your life looks, what the world looks like if you didn't exist. You know what he shows him? Uncle Billy, his, his father's partner at the Billions and Loans, the guy who lost the $8,000, he was institutionalized when the buildings and loans closed. Institutionalized, for those who don't understand, means he's in a psych hospital. He is in a, uh, what many call, loony bin. George's brother, Harry, who almost drowned in the pool, drowned in the pond, he died. And to go even farther, Clarence tells George that, you know, Harry, who was going to join the military, he eventually saves lives in the real timeline. All the men who were on the boats that Harry saved, died. So it wasn't just that George affected his immediate circle. It's not that he just affected society in Bedford Falls. He directly affected society in America and in the world. Just from one thing. Just from one action. From saving his brother, he saves hundreds of people. You see, George then rushes home after he's found, after he's brought back to the real world, after he's brought back to his timeline and sees that the town that Potter took control of when the billions and loans closed down was back to normal. And he rushes home, and he meets his family, and he's crying for joy because he realized how important his life was and how he was going to kill himself and, and, and lose all of that, lose his family, lose his wife, his kids. He's met by the bill collectors who are there to get that $8,000 that Uncle Billy lost, and who else shows up but the entire town of Bedford Falls with all the money that they could collect, all the money that they could get him as a repayment for everything he's done for them. His loyalty to society is returned to him as society is then loyal to him. The sacrifices he made built a debt in every single person's heart, and it's why loyalty in this world is so important. It's why when you have a disloyal friend, you feel betrayed on, on more than just a general level. If someone cuts you in line at Starbucks, it sucks a little bit. But if a friend did it, it hurt 10 times worse. Why? Because that loyalty that you've expressed to them, you feel at least should earn you the respect, the mutual kindness, the mutual trust, the mutual... I'll keep going, but it hurts when your loyalty is not returned. George Bailey in this moment, in his lowest moment of his life, the society that he has sacrificed so much to preserve returns the favor. You see, the, the life of It's a Wonderful Life, the life of George Bailey, is meant to show you that one man can cause so much good in the world that without his existence, the world would be drastically changed. And that in every action you do, there is a butterfly effect. If, if you go back in time, this is the butterfly effect, if you went back in time and killed a butterfly secretly, uh, the chain of events that would, that would occur would cause a hurricane on the other side of the world. George Bailey is the butterfly. The hurricane is Potterville, Pottersville, whatever the fuck the slum of 
of that town becomes under Potter. You see, George Bailey is the butterfly. He changed the course of human history just by existing. You see, George Bailey proves that society will repay those loyal to it in times of need. We help each other when we need a hand to pick us up. There is no, you can lift yourself up from your own bootstraps when you have no boots. You need someone able to reach down and help you when you're on the ground. Because if not, we become jaded, hateful, and resentful of everyone around us who appears to have a better life than us. And with that, I'm going to bring in Josh Hicks. Um, it's a friend of mine. He's going to help me out, you know, tell this story. So, uh, hey, Josh, am I right? Am I wrong? Can you tell me what, what's going on. Yeah, no, I think I, I think you hit it head on. I think that's exactly what the movie was showing. I, in fact, I, I can already tell where you're going to go with this, but I won't, I won't get there quite yet. But um, no, where am I going, Josh? I mean, if I had to guess, I would, I would assume, or maybe you're not. I don't know. But to me, it seems like George ba- George Bailey in this movie or story should be the thought process and the attitude of our political leaders, and we should. You know, they should, you know, I'm not saying they need to save people from dying and all this stuff, but there should be that sense of, you know, you represent the people you're sacrificing for the people and in turn the people are loyal to you. And instead, it's just, we don't, there's been a shift in that and we don't have that in the past few years. So I don't know if that's where you're heading up, but that's kind of the vibe I got from it. Right. No, I mean, it, it's, it's somewhat, is, it's not just political leaders, it's everybody. It, it's well, the everybody, idea yeah. that, it's the idea that, we have a lot of hypocrites mm-hmm. who demand respect to them and loyalty to themselves and, you know, want people to pledge loyalty in situations where that shouldn't be uh, even discussed. But when it's asked upon them to be loyal to an individual or loyal to a society that they just don't want to, that they that they see the error of or a weakness in being loyal, which there is. There's inherent weakness because to be loyal, at some point, you have to be able to uh, be willing to commit sacrifice of some kind. Now, George Bailey does it in many ways in the movie, and that's why It's Wonderful Life is so important to telling the story. Um, I mean, for instance, jumping in the uh, frozen pond or the freezing pond and, and saving his brother losing his hearing. Now he doesn't yeah, think at the yeah, moment. Yeah, in that case, right? I mean, lo- loyalty in that case manifested as an actual physical damage to himself. Right, and then you have, you know, he he um, goes against Mister Gower, who he can clearly tell is is in mo- in emotional distress. Yeah, and Gower beats the fuck out of him. Like I that you you have to realize like that guy that old man even though he didn't kill a a little girl which is what would have happened if George would have dropped off the pills, uh, still beats the shit out of, like, a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. Like, gets two good pops in there. Um, gets, gets, throws, a, throws a pretty decent jab. Um, <laughs> for an older guy, yeah. For an older guy. And then you have you have the major sacrifices that aren't just... that are somewhat tied to his family, but also to his society, is when he takes over the building and loans as a temporary position. Under the right. guise that, hey, you know, when Harry graduates high school, then he'll take over the job, and then that gets put on hold, and it's like, well, then after I get married, 
Uh, I'm going to take this time off and I'm going to go on my honeymoon and travel the world like I wanted to when I was younger. Sacrificing superficial things on mm-hmm. top of physical things, on on top of emotional um, things in his life. And, and you look at that and you just say, there's not a lot of people nowadays that go along with that idea that, that will that will sacrifice something of their of themselves for the betterment of mankind i mean a great example of which is uh you have and you brought in politics and i didn't bring in politics so i can't get yelled at by people who get mad when i bring in politics (laughs) Um, that was my fault i take full i take full blame um you have people that do not want to sacrifice to the society in any way uh tax embezzlers you know uh people who people who you know, try to commit uh, multiple forms of scams. We have a, a people who steal. We have a, a case, you know, locally where this woman and her younger brother, I think it was like, he's like 10 years old. She was like 20, uh, were stealing packages off of people's front porches that were being delivered by UPS and FedEx. Jeez. Totaling, I think, about 1300 or I think maybe $1,600 in merchandise. So she's getting charged like a laundry list of shit. And it's like, there's a point of, okay, maybe she was, maybe she was in dire need of, of the money. I don't think it's the case. Um, even then it's, she is willing to steal from people to cause harm to society. And, and we have measures in place to punish that when you Mm -hmm. are, when you're disloyal to society, because in a sense, that's what laws are are the guidelines that are required to at the bare minimum be loyal to a society be loyal to each other is to respect each other and be trustworthy um but she i mean you have people that just don't care that they they're out there for themselves and it's loyalty to the to oneself and there's a moment there's moments where you know being loyal to yourself is great and it's something you should be doing uh those are very few and far between compared to when you should be loyal to uh, society as a whole, and I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna use this as my opportunity to to pimp slap the alt left again. Um, <laughs> though I would love to, I would love because they've just they're being so mouthy right now. They're like, well, okay, well, l- let me if all right if we if we want to avoid that, let me at least ask you this. Then I feel like I ask you this with a lot of things that we talk about, but yeah. again, with something like this, with people's this loyalty and this concept of loyalty to a society. What do you what do you think has changed? Why do you think we have people so willing to hurt their own society? Why do you why do we have people that are so easy to give up loyalty? I mean, do you have any comment on that? Well, first thing is, I think we've always had those people. I think George Bailey George Bailey is special. You have to realize yeah. that the the George Baileys of the world are special. Um, a majority of the world wants to be Mr. Potter. Mm-hmm. They want to be the incredibly rich guy in control of everything. Uh, head up his own ass, belligerent to the needs of of, of people, um, shitty hair. You know those people are <laughs> those people are shitty very hair. very prominent in our world, yeah. and I think we've always had the we've always had the bad. Um, I think. Do you think the bad has increased recently, or mm-hmm. do you think it's just come more to light? I think pe- the issue is there's a lot of people out there who want to be George Bailey that are in the end, they're actually Potter. All along. Okay.
Yeah. After the death of his son to accidentally poison this little girl. I, I don't want people to go poor while the banks have essentially shut down and, and, and don't have their money. Um, his sacrifice is entirely... He does not gain anything from any of them. There truly is no gain. A lot of people right. see, sell, see like, oh, I'm sacrificing this, but I'll get something back. There is no – in a true sacrifice, you don't get anything back. George Bailey does not assume when he runs home that night that he's getting – there's people following him. They're going to be bringing him over $8,000 in cash. Right. He, when, he, when he is shown how, how his world really would be if he didn't exist – he runs home to see his family. He runs home to be with the ones he cares about. He doesn't say, like, he's not worried about the $8,000 in that point because he realizes, well, you know, everything I've done in my life, I'm, I, I I don't need to die. Right. Um. So I, I think a big problem is we have a lot of people who want to be George Bailey, but they're just not. They They come in with an agenda of some kind, and to be truly – willing to sacrifice you have to you have to see no gain come out of it do you do you think it is um how do i word this do you think it's worse that there are people that are that think they're george bailey or are trying to be george bailey and they're not versus them not trying to be him at all like do you think that it's still better that they are trying or envision that or do you think it just makes things worse I don't know. I, I think it I think it can make things worse. Um right. a great example. I think Milo Yiannopoulos thinks he's George Bailey. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think um there are plenty of people on the alt in the alt right and in the alt left who in Antifa, if they want to call themselves Antifa, I'll call them alt left. Um that believe wholeheartedly that they are their sacrifice that they may make is worth it because the world will be better when when they are gone. But right. that's the thing is that the world, as George Bailey student finds out, the world would not be better if he didn't exist. The world would be worse if 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 you didn't exist. The people that the Milos, the alt left, you know, I don't know who was the leader, who's the leader of Antifa at this time. They have no real leaders. Um, which is right. fitting because of who they model after. Um, <laughs> but, you know, those people, I guarantee you, are not willing to take on the true sacrifice that George Bailey was willing to do for no gain whatsoever, for no political gain, for no societal gains, uh, economic gains. The, the people who are trying to be the martyrs, the people who are trying to sacrifice themselves for the good of the world a lot of times nowadays are not the they're they're doing it with a with a goal in mind right um a, an a selfish there. goal and that then that loyalty is not loyalty to society it's loyalty to oneself right so i hope that answers your question it does i just i don't know i, I always like getting your input about that because i like relating it back to real world stuff so but yeah, I mean, it, it's a, um, and that's the reason I touched on this to, or the reason I picked this to be the start of season two is it really does set 
the tone for what I want to discuss. In season one, of course, it's honesty. It's the idea that, you know, people are lying to you, people are using you, and they're they're using your emotions, they are um, using your desires, your wants, your needs, and you're you're not gaining anything from it. The alt right would, would used they tapped into. I don't want to say they used. They tapped into hatred and feelings of inequity in a lot of people. Uh, you know, college. All these people that go out there and say, and, and this was your first episode. Um, people that go out there and say college can be free. Well, we touched on it's like no, it really fucking can't. Yeah, and it's like, why are you telling people this? Because they they have this added agenda, um, right? And where a big problem is now, and where loyalty ties into honesty, is that a lot of people will lie to you to get on to get loyalty from you, right? People will feign honesty in the hope that you know I can convince you know these people to listen to me and to follow me, and I can put on this mask, and this is what I will, I will portray and then people will love it and people will go along with it um but all you need is one is is really just one person who's really telling the truth right to say you know what no you're you're lying to these people this loyalty is false and the moment that these people who are following you demand the loyalty back at them you're gonna let them die well and that that's i think you that's what i was gonna say you bring up a great point i think the the way to tell if it's true loyalty or not is just to follow the cycle. You know, follow the cycle of, you know, you ask for loyalty, the people give it to you. They ask for loyalty back, you give it to them. If it is a true form of loyalty to yourself and to society, it should be a continuous revolving cycle that doesn't break. Right. But if you lie to gain loyalty or deceive people to gain loyalty or it's a one-way street and it doesn't come back, then that cycle is going to break very, very quickly. And I think that's essentially what you know when you talk when we talk about honesty and lying that's what a lot of times goes on now you have this one-way loyalty street that that breaks the cycle and it's it's not true there, there's in all honesty probably very few true loyalty uh systems i guess if you want to call them left right well the problem is also we have we have blind loyalty so we have right people yeah. that will tell you people that will ignore facts for the sake of their own convenience and will ignore what is clearly in front of them. And you can say, well, this is a duck. See, it's got a bill like a duck. It's got feathers like a duck. It walks like a duck. Uh, it looks just like this picture of a duck. See this picture of a duck. It, this thing looks correct. Looks exactly alike. Correct. <laughs> and they'll say, no, that's a fucking swan. And and you just have to sit there and you have to look at these people and go, but I'm telling you, I'm showing you everything you need to know to prove this is a duck. Let me pull an expert out here. Let me pull a team of experts that have degrees on degrees on degrees of what a duck is. And let me have them tell you, this is a fucking duck. And you know what they'll say, Josh? It's a swan. <laughs> no, not just it's a swan. You're lying to me. Why? Oh, yeah. Because you're going against what what they believe, so therefore they think you're lying. You well, had you had a candidate. <laughs> you had a senate. You had a senate candidate down in fucking Alabama that oh, was accused I, I, that was accused of of having sex with and relations uh, uh, allegedly because I don't want the fucker to sue me. Uh, with fourteen year old girls, girls as young as fourteen years old. 
Now, I don't know about you. I get skeeved out when a girl, like, I, I start talking to a girl and she's like, she's 20. And that's mm-hmm. a two-year gap for me. It's like, ah, that's a little sketch. You can't drink yet. I feel I feel like there's I feel like there's an issue there. Like that dude was that dude was having sex with girl, sex with girls or trying to have sex with girls, allegedly having sex with girls, like eighteen years younger than him, fifteen years yeah. younger than him or some shit. And it's and like people just ignored it or they didn't believe it. They said it was. Lying. Well, they say they say you're lying to me. You're trying to you're yeah. trying to take advantage of me because they're so loyal. But what are they loyal to? They're loyal to the, uh, they're loyal to the idea. Of what this guy brings them, and I, I, you know, I've looked at all of the polls, I've looked at all the, you know, exit polls, and I love that. As someone who worked for a board of elections, uh, I really love that on Twitter people take exit polls to mean actual uh, results, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> it's not the case. When people go out there and say ninety-seven percent of black women voted for uh, Doug Jones in Alabama, it probably is an overwhelming percentage. But going around and saying ninety-seven percent like a like it's a fact is fucking wrong because that's an exit poll. That means that what they're what what's happening is there's someone standing a hundred feet away from the poll, a hundred feet away from the door, and they're asking people as they come out, "Who did you vote for?" And they're asking those questions that you see. It's like, oh, forty-eight percent of voters um, approve of the Democratic Party or some shit. I'm hiccuping. That's it. Uh, but it's like that. That's not true statements. But I've looked at all these numbers, and you know, a lo- overwhelmingly, based on exit polls, white people voted for Roy Moore. Overwhelmingly so. Overwhelmingly mm-hmm. so. White women voted overwhelmingly so for Roy Moore. Now, a guy that is accused of having sex with a fourteen-year-old girl. Got, I believe, six over sixty percent of the vote from white women in the state of Alabama, based on exit polls. Their loyalty is beca- is simply because of what the guy allegedly stands for. But what we know he stands for is fucking little girls, <laughs> and they're just like gung ho about him. They love Roy Moore. If you're white and in, in Alabama, you love Roy Moore. You would offer up your daughter to Roy Moore if you're white and a fucking woman in Alabama. <laughs> That's what those numbers show me, and it terrifies me. Are you fucking kidding me? That's that is not loyalty to a society. That's loyalty to oneself, because right. there. I I always love to see why people vote for lunatics, like. Roy Moore, what reason did anyone have to vote for Roy Moore? And a lot of them, they said, because he believes in Christian, he's a Christian fundamentalist, he believes in Christianity, and he he believes all these things. Josh, did you know that Roy Moore believes that no Muslim should be able to serve in Congress? Did you know that? I did, actually. I saw that the other day. Do you know why he believes that they're not, they shouldn't be allowed to, to serve in Congress? I do not know why. This is a clip going around. I saw it live, and I was like, this is going to be the most viral clip of this election. Roy Moore believes the reason why someone who is Muslim cannot serve in the United States Congress is because when they are sworn in, they are then sworn in on the Bible and they really, a Muslim can't 
yes, be held I, I did see that, to the yeah. Bible. <laughs> to which point, Jake Tapper, good friend of the show, Jake Tapper, uh, said in the interview, well, you do understand, to Roy Moore's spokesperson, you do understand you don't have to swear in on a Christian Bible. You can swear in on a Jewish Bible. You can swear yeah. in on literally anything you want. And the guy he tells us to is like, no, 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 I've been sworn in three times. I've been sworn in on the Bible. And he goes, yes, because you chose the Bible. Right. But you don't have to. And the guy has four or five seconds of just, he has no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And you have these people that, that's why they vote for or more, is because they are they have no idea of what the fuck is going on. They have blind loyalty to him. They don't care about society in general because Roy Moore is terrible for society. A guy who believes that you can have relations with a 14-year-old girl, whether he has aged out of that or not, I don't think he has, allegedly. I Allegedly. allegedly I don't want that guy in Congress. I don't think he really, he really represents Christian conservative views if he's willing to have sex with a young girl. Now, if that is what Christianity means, and that's what Christian Christians believe in, you know, I'm sorry I missed the boat on this one. Uh, I will apologize and uh, refer to all Christians as fucking pedophiles. Then, if that's what this, if that's what it means to be a Christian, is is to have sex with little girls. I thought for a while there to be Catholic was was something similar, but you know, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get into that that right now. Um, right. uh, fucking little boys. And I just, I, I look at this, I look at these people who are meant to lead us and it is entirely loyalty to oneself, loyalty to a select few. And you can interpret that to mean however you want. Um, instead of loyalty to society. And at the end of the day, do you really want someone who is out for themselves or do you want someone who is there to make your life better? And I think think, everyone would pick the second. I think everyone would pick the second, but where it becomes a problem is then people think, well, to make my life better is only my life better. It's not a collective make everyone's lives better because you have plenty of people who go out there and say, well, my life would be better if, if everyone was forced to say Merry Christmas instead of, Happy holidays, <laughs> which is the most it's the most pussy thing to be mad about. It's the it's so such a crybaby move. Christians ha- are, are the overwhelming majority of this world. Overwhelming majority. It's them and Muslims. That's it. Those are your two big ones. There's not even that much of a Jewish population like in across the world. Right. Christians feeling that they're persecuted is like the funniest thing when you really like think about it <laughs> because it makes no sense whatsoever to be like oh yeah we're really we're really the persecuted minority in America no i just think like people don't give a fuck and happy holidays and merry christmas are pretty much synonymous
back uh josh is still with me um and damn we were, straight we want to talk about something that just happened um as we were getting ready for the podcast uh the fcc the federal communications commission i believe that is what fcc stands for uh it should be fuck what's in charge but they're, they're required to be an i there pretty much <laughs> i'm gonna put my mic back in its stand here real quick um sorry for the noise but no, so the FCC won't let me be and let me be me, so let me see if I can shut it down here on MTV. Um, ooh, the ooh. FCC has decided uh, with a 3-2 vote to end net neutrality. Dum, dum, dum. Didn't need to do that sound effect, Josh, but good try. <laughs> I was, and, I was, I'm, I'm adding, you know. And, uh, you know, for the people who don't know what net neutrality means, um, currently – your internet service provider, your ISP, cannot charge you any extra money for visiting certain websites. Um, to dumbasses, uh, that would be this, they would, you know, kind of figure that to mean, oh, they can charge you more for going to adult websites like porn. No, it's stopping you, f- it, it, it allows you, net neutrality allows you to go to any website you want. So, there's no barrier stopping you from going to Facebook. Uh, there's no barrier stopping you from going and Googling something, uh, to going to Twitter, to streaming shit on Netflix or Hulu, um, and to watching YouTube videos. With net neutrality being defeated, and that's what we can kind of call it right now, there's a good chance that you, the you know, consumer of the internet, which I will assume you are because how else are you listening to this fucking podcast? Um, you are going to run into the problem where ISPs have the ability to charge you more to access websites that you would be able to go to today whenever the fuck you want. Um, this means they can charge you more to go to Facebook. Uh, they can charge you more to go to Netflix. They can throttle your speeds on Netflix because... Uh, for whatever fucking reason they want, they have full right to um, 
to skull fuck your wallet. They're going to fuck your wallet because they want as much money out of you as possible. Now, I don't know about you, Josh. My internet bill, um, when I when I was when I had my apartment in college, my internet bill was sixty five dollars a month. It is sixty five dollars a month for I believe twenty five gigabits of internet. Uh, it is much lower now, thankfully for me. Different ISP, uh, piggybacked on some deals. But it was $65 a month to have 25 meg internet. Um, with net neutrality, you could have the fastest internet in the world. But if your ISP says, you know, you're going to need to pay us an extra six bucks a month to go on to Facebook. And we're going to have, we're going to charge you, uh, you know, an extra 10 cents per tweet. That's something that can't happen now. Uh, net neutrality was protecting all of us. And now it is gone. So, um, and we're done. The Raiders are, are hitting the village. Uh, now there's there's still a chance. There is still a chance. There's still a chance. You can go right now and bitch a storm up. And I really want everyone listening, all ten of you, to go <laughs> bitch you. a storm up. Just complain. Go complain to your Congress, Congress uh, representative, Congress, I'm saying congressman, but of course, you know, there's women. Congressman or woman. Yeah, Dan. Go, com- go, complain, to your, go complain to your senator. Go call uh, the – well, I believe actually the SEC doesn't have a phone line at this point. I think they've probably taken that thing off the wall and <laughs> smashed it a couple times. Go to the SEC's website, uh, issue a complaint, do whatever you have to do. But the, at the end of the day, this has all come about because of the FCC commissioner that is appointed by Donald J. Trump. So what I'd like to get out to here into the open right now is if you voted for Donald Trump and you complain that fa- it's going to charge you your ISP is going to charge you extra 5 bucks to be able to go onto Facebook that you complain that you can't stream Netflix anymore that you complain that you can't play uh uh you know player unknowns battlegrounds anymore because because your ISP says you you've hit your data cap after 2 days I want you to fuck off because this is this is the culmination of all of your actions over the last year and a half. The, this is what happens in this world when we give power to people who don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you, and we all get punished by this. Net neutrality is was the last line of defense between you and ISPs wearing you like a Muppet. I love that phrase. And I'm terrified that we live in a world now that... Where people get worn like Muppets. Worn like Muppets. <laughs> Listen, if let's just say hypothetical here. Let's say hypothetically you have to pay an extra 10 bucks a month uh, to be able to access the websites you want. They're also going to be able to restrict you from other websites that maybe are, are less mainstream. But let's say it's 10 bucks a month. And I'm looking at you, 4chan, because I really hope to God 4chan is, is going to be forced to be paid an extra, like, 20 bucks a month to go on to 4chan. I hope to God that happens. I will piss what? my pants why? from joy. Because fuck 4chan, dude. They're the reason why we have this problem. 4chan ado- adopted Donald Trump the moment he ran. They love him. I mean, him. some parts did. 70%. 70%. I'm pulling that number right out of my ass. I know you are overwhelming number an overwhelming majority 
Listen, my my problem is my problem is this. Uh, there is not enough people complaining about it. I'm not complaining about it on Twitter because I know fuck all that you people don't read my Twitter. Uh, and I also <laughs> you do some people. I read your Twitter. What you can do, actual things you can do. Call your congressman. Call your representatives. Call your representatives in your state house because if if, if a state can make a state each state can make a law saying to to be able to provide broadband in the state you have to follow these god guidelines they each state can enforce net neutrality on their own it is it is totally possible they can they can supersede federal law if need be they can take this shit to the courts for fucking ever they can they can hold this up it's totally possible if we hold this up for 3 years and we get a new president in and a new FCC commissioner, a new FCC head, we can re- we can fix this. We can fix this by using this as collateral in other, in other deals. We need people to go out there who are pissed off about this and fucking do something. Josh, what do you have to say? I don't I don't know if I can top what you just said, Dan. That you really you really hit that pretty hard there. Um, I, I think, if anything, I have to say that the biggest part of this whole thing and the scariest part of this whole thing is that there's a lot of unknown. We don't know what would happen, and I think no matter what uh, ISPs and no matter what people promise would happen, oh, things aren't going to change, is we don't know. We've never encountered this before. We've never had to encounter this before. And with the Internet being so huge, you know, I just have to wonder, the system we're using now and net neutrality it works. It's fine. It's working for the consumer. So for them to want to change that and claim that it's benefiting the consumer, from a consumer standpoint, I can only assume they're looking to fill their pockets and they do not have the interest of the consumer because nothing's wrong with the process we use now from a consumer perspective. So I think it's it's kind of, I mean, I guess scary maybe sounds like a, a bad word to use for the internet, but it is scary. I mean... Well, a great example here is when when cable companies now mind you a lot of internet providers are also cable providers mm-hmm. when cable companies have the ability uh to charge you more money to be able to watch channels that you want to watch and charge you money for shit that you don't want or need right. um they do it that's the same company AT&T is one of these is one of these companies they they're a cable provider that does this mm-hmm. they are a very 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 large ISP Right. Um, you know, so far Comcast has has allegedly said that they're not going to do this. I I don't believe that. I think they've, I think they're going to flip. Allegedly. Um, you know, Cox is going to flip. Um, Time Warner or not Time Warner now it's Spectrum. I think Spectrum is going <laughs> to flip. They're all going to flip. They're all going to say, you know, we can make an extra billion dollars. Let's say because. I mean, you have to think. There's 330 million, or there's 300 million Americans. Um, let's say there's a hundred million internet accounts or internet service. Let's say 50 million. If you could charge that 50 million an extra 30 bucks, you've made 1.5 billion dollars. If they can find a way to get an extra 30 bucks out of people, and they will, because it it, it a lot of a lot of people rely on these mainstream sites that these ISPs can use as, as collateral and deals. Like for instance, nothing is stopping um, AT&T from get, cutting a deal with Hulu to be the exclusive, you know, provider of Hulu 
in the same way that the NFL has a deal with DirecTV to be the sole provider of the NFL Sunday ticket. Yeah. Uh, Facebook could cut a deal with Comcast so that uh, on Facebook you have access to um, live video and um, you can you can post longer videos. You can do all those other things. They can provide benefits, and everyone will say, oh, well, then – you know, it's good because all these companies are going to be providing these great benefits to us. No, they're not. It's the same shit you're getting for free now, but you're right. paying for more down the road. And, of course, like you said, this has never happened before. We don't know what will happen. We can say, well, based on based on facts, based on the past, this is what happened in similar situations. We can then infer that it will happen in this situation. When, when cable became big uh, – cable neutrality if you want to refer to it as that uh died and as such you have to pay a shitload of of money for channels that you don't watch i watch a total of eight channels on my on my uh tv eight channels in total that's it i refuse to watch abc i watch nbc fox cb cbs usa network fx espn one that's it there and comedy central that is all i watch i don't even have tv yeah, I mean, most people don't, and and that's the thing. This is where they want their money. They want the cord cutters. That's what this was. This was a deal based on money, and our government should not be in the business of helping private businesses and private corporations and private companies make money. But they are, and it is one of the most annoying things ever. It's well, it's not, it's not even their government. The Republican Party is in the business of this because the Democrat the Democrats were the ones for, for the longest time saying we do not want this to happen. Right, That's a right, fact, right. and I, and I hate that I hate that people go and say, "Well, you're a Democrat, of course you say that." No, I pretty I'm pretty sure I use the term alt left three or four times in this podcast. I'm pretty sure I don't like my side as much as I don't like the other side. But I'll be the first one to tell you that no Democrats walking around here saying, "You know what? I'm going to skull fuck poor people. I'm going to take <laughs> I'm going to take all of poor people's money." Ha 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 ha. Now I'm just imagining Bernie Sanders just holding skulls, just walking around. <laughs> And that's where we're going to end today's episode. Uh, My name is Daniel Crowder. We can do better. Next time on 21 Things. This blind-ass loyalty to people who just claim the same banner as you. When the fuck does that ever work for us? In human history, in human fucking history, when does that ever work out? Never. It never fucking works.